Hello people, you're listening to HQO, a show where we celebrate gender fluidity. And uh, today's topic is, no prizes for guessing, it is about the NALSA petition and uh, in fact more about it and we're today going to also have experts, in fact one expert, um, who will be talking about what it entails, the demand or rather the petition actually seeks um, another category where uh, trans people can actually decide and select how they want to be identified. And I think in a utopian world, I see it as a, as, as a great step forward because then it gives everybody, not just trans people, but if somebody is gender queer, them also the opportunity to actually uh, have that option. And I think I have been saying this for the last two shows that it is all about having those options available. And, and obviously having that category will also give one good, will bring in one good change. And that change has to be about, you know, an identity for the community because as much as they're part of the community and part of the society at large, they're usually stigmatized and not very welcomed. So I think in the hope of betterment of their lives overall and also giving them equal opportunities to to be financially independent, to be able to get good education and medical facilities and everything that anybody in the society deserves as their basic right I think that identity or the other category will largely help a lot of people in the community and in fact today on my show I will be getting um, one guest who will be talking about within the transgender uh, community the diversity that it holds and uh, so that is the basics and in fact I've decided that for a couple of shows from now, we will be discussing about the NALSA petition and the intricacies of the NALSA petition and why it is so important because as much as the section 377 and the judgment around it is important, I think we need to also focus slightly, if not a lot, but we definitely need to get those conversations started on the NALSA petition which is demanding the, the other category for all the identification purposes. That is what will be on for another one hour that I'm going to be with you. So go ahead and enjoy this break because once we come back, I will be introducing you to a guest, G. Amina Suleiman, who identifies himself as a trans man. He will be talking about more uh, on this issue. So go ahead and enjoy. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Welcome back, people. You're listening to me, Vaishali. This is HQO, a show that celebrates gender fluidity each and every time. And in fact, at Q Radio, we celebrate gender fluidity 365 days in the year and even more and as i said earlier today we will be talking about the nalsa petition that is seeking recognition uh, for transgender people in india and uh, what 
what is happening on it and in fact right now i have with me a trans activist g amina suleiman uh welcome to the show g and i can't hear her so i can't hear him so i will try again uh for right now i think we might have a problem I, i'll try and fix this so if you're listening to me g we will try and get in touch with you soon uh for right now i am going to disconnect and try and call you back okay so there was some problem here but for any of you who've just joined us there is the nalsa petition that was filed in october of 2012 and in fact very recently uh the supreme court also put a reserved its decision on the recognition of gender identity for transgender people in india and this happened as recent as october of 2013 so as much as um, much before the section 377 case uh, was brought for hearing this case came up and the decision was uh, there, there was no decision made because also there are lots of uh, views and opinions within the community that feel that there is no need for a, an other category because then it will also create a lot of uh, separation and it will actually uh, include instead of becoming an inclusive society we might become an exclusive society where again there is a, a sort of uh, discrimination and um, that happens because you are kind of telling them that okay fine these are other people the, these are not part of the binary male female and they they belong to the other category so so a lot of people within the community also feel that they should just be given the option to uh, select male or female as opposed to the other category and therefore uh, there wasn't any uh, decision made by the supreme court so this is the other case that is of very um, uh, a lot of importance and we will try and get back and speak to g who should be able to give us some information on what is the uh, the background of this case and why it is so important that some people within the community also feel that the other category is important for right now we're getting into a break once we come back i will hopefully have g with me discussing this like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store Welcome back people you listening to me Vaishali this is HQO a show where we celebrate gender fluidity and if you'd like to call and uh, give your opinions about the Nalsa petition and uh, whether or not uh, there should be an other category for identification purposes for transgender people we've tried to uh, also have G back hi G Are you there? Hi, hi. Yeah, I'm here. Great. So we we finally do uh, manage to get G. Uh G is a trans act- activist and uh, G first things first, why do you think uh, there is a requirement or do you think that there is a need for the other category when it comes for uh, identification because uh, isn't it true that a lot of uh, transgender people feel that they need yeah. uh, If let's say if I'm a trans man uh mm-hmm. which means I was born a woman but I identify as a man so if I'm a trans man I should have that option to just select the uh the male option in forms so yeah. do you think that other category is required and if so why 
Well, there are a lot of opinions from the community about this. So, a lot of trans women who have spoken to, even after the uh, Indian census in 2011 introduced the other category, mm-hmm. when uh, they come home, they would ask you, are you male, female or other? A lot of uh, Hijra uh, women in Bangalore especially picked on women instead of picking on other. So, okay. it's not like it's uh, compulsory that if you're a trans person, you have to pick on other. Also, the other thing that I uh, found out online when mm-hmm. I looked at the form uh, for the census is that uh, even though they have a category called other, they categorize all the hijras as uh, number one, which is basically for men. So it seems like a lot of government policy is actually tokenism and it, when, when it actually comes down to uh, the practicalities, they still uh, categorize as uh, our biological sex. So mm-hmm. even if uh, they have another column, they still continue to uh, categorize hijras as men. So that's kind of problematic. And with reference to the Nalsa petition, there wasn't actually a consultation uh, with community people about what they would like to identify as. This is basically a public interest uh, litigation that the Nalsa National uh, Legal Service Authority has filed on our behalf. So we have no say in how the proceedings are going on. Only Lakshmi Narayan Tripathi, a trans woman activist from Bombay, and Anand Grover, a lawyer from Lawyers Collective, have filed interventions uh, in the Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, the rest of the proceedings are basically done without any consultations with the community. It's basically uh, the National Legal Service Authority, which has taken this up as an issue that it wants to address. So it's basically a social interest litigation or a public interest litigation. So okay. our opinions have not figured anywhere so far in uh, this whole thing. Oh, okay. So, uh, and it kind of feels, uh, because whatever I've been reading, it, it does say that, you know, there, there were uh, there was a bench of judges who actually uh, suggested that this be taken up. And, and unfortunately, it so happens that although it has been taken up, uh, you're, men, you're talking about how there are no consultations within the community in terms of yeah. what they want. So, as yeah. a, you identify as a trans man. Uh, yeah, I identify as a trans man and in the Nalsa petition, I should also highlight the fact that they've used uh, trans women, eunuch and hijra interchangeably and uh, that's the only category of trans that they have really talked about. True. So, even in the Nalsa petition, legally trans men are absent. Okay. So, for our uh, listeners' convenience, um, I'll just clarify the difference because, you know, for, for a lot of us, we kind of just assume that when you say transgender people, it means hijras, uh, uh, which is basically men who identify as women um, and most often than not uh, women who identify as men um, the F2Ms if we were to use that uh, parlance are most often not even recognized within the community also so um, being a trans man uh, G, w- what yeah. what do you think uh, is the need of the art in, in terms of also since there is a lot of uh, push and uh, you know push and pull from within the community, what do you think is missing? I think uh, especially when uh, you're talking about the Nalsa petition, there was an expert committee that was set up. Actually, the Nalsa petition was filed in 2012 by uh, the Nalsa uh, National Legal Service Authority. Uh, After that, uh, all the states in India and union territories in India were were made respondents in the case, which meant that they had to file their response to the petition uh, in the Supreme Court, to the centre. And a couple of times, the Supreme Court judges have asked the states and the union territories to file responses and nothing has come so far from uh, the different states. Not even one state has responded to the Supreme Court, which is said to be the highest court in India, when it says 
uh, even things like uh, trans women or hijras have been living as untouchables in India for centuries now and it's time to take up their rights. These are the words of the Supreme Court judges. Hmm. So when we have judges who are actually willing to listen to trans issues, I don't uh, understand why the government is so apathetic and it has not filed any response to this and this is the reason why an expert committee was set up by the Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment to look at trans issues. Okay. So based on the recommendations that this expert committee will give to the Supreme Court, then uh, the proceedings will happen. But basically the hearing is over and done with. There is no more hearing that the Supreme Court will entertain on this particular appeal. It's only one fine day, now we will have a judgment on this. And then we'll have to take things forward. Okay, and the other thing that I found a little ironic, and in fact it was uh, also on your... uh uh, Facebook wall that I first actually chanced upon this this whole Nalsa petition um, yeah. information. Um, October 29th is when the Supreme Court actually reserved its decision. Uh, and this was last year itself. With, uh, yeah. Yet, th- there wasn't a lot of uh, hue and cry about it as opposed to if you were to look at the December uh, 11, 2013 uh judgment on section 377 so what do you feel as 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 not just as a trans activist but just as a Mm -hmm. trans man trying to uh fight for your own identity uh what are your thoughts so basically if you look at the western context you will find that uh economically powerful white gay men are leading the right in terms of media publicity or in terms of public campaigns Mm -hmm. So here in the Indian context, we find that it's actually upper caste, uh, economically powerful gay men who are leading the LGBT struggle in terms of a televised revolution, if you want to call it that. Hmm. But if you were to actually look at the ground reality and who's leading this movement, I would say that to me, it's the Hijra sisters on the street who are fighting every day, who are leading the struggle through their various acts of challenging patriarchy and living so flagrantly in a society that is so misogynist and transphobic. So it's basically the fact that we don't have access to the media, we don't have access to lawyers who will represent us, because a lot of gay lawyers who are actually involved in the Section 377 campaign knew about the NALSA petition. There were secret uh, meetings that were held without the trans community in their uh, offices uh, in Bangalore and in Delhi and in other places. Okay. So I feel like there seems to be this kind of savior complex where uh, gay men who are uh, especially lawyers seem to think that uh, they can represent us on our issues instead of having consultations and asking us what we need and what kind of support they can provide us. So it seems really uh, unfortunate that we are, you know, supporting them in their Section 377 battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody is coming out in support for us. And so this uh, thing, this NASA petition has been going on for about uh, two years now. And there has not been a single meeting on this. So it really makes me question whether LGBT can even be said in the same breath anymore. Because obviously there seems to be hierarchies of which struggles are important and which struggles need to be highlighted and discussed. uh, And uh, trans people don't figure anywhere there. But, yeah, and in fact, that, that that brings me to the other question, G, which is, uh, uh, it has been, I mean, we, we've all seen that, you know, everybody has come out in support of the, the, the section in terms of, you know, when support in terms of uh, demonstrations, candlelight vigils for the Section 377 issue. And, and that involves a, a huge number uh, from the trans uh, community as well, mostly hijras. But, yeah. uh, but again, do you... How come they're not actually questioning uh, 
the so called elites if i may use that word the mm-hmm. l and the g's and the and the, bees. the bees in yeah. the community why aren't the the t's in the community yeah. actually questioning the l g and the b's that I you know this uh, fight is not happening yeah yeah i think one of the reasons is lack of knowledge like even if you ask the hijra sisters on the street hmm. who are begging or doing sex work for a living because unfortunately those are the job occupations that are open to them True. you will find that nobody knows that there is a petition in the supreme court for their rights Okay. I mean, where in the media have we seen uh, reports on uh, the Nalsa petition like we've seen in Section 377? I mean, I'm talking to you from Kerala, and uh, today in the uh, on Kerala radio, I heard a talk show about 377. Right. So that is the kind of reach that uh, Section 377 has made. So, in every small district in through every form of media there has been publicity about 377 which is not there about the nalsa petition uh, and which is why hijras uh, are uh, not questioning why there is no focus on the nalsa petition because they themselves don't know that this is uh, being fought out okay but do, do you think it's also because uh, the the trans community has been the most marginalized so so their yeah. access to uh, you know fancy media offices is also very limited and exactly. they, their whole uh, they they don't really have that kind of a, a, a hold so to speak yeah. towards the media yeah. do you think that is absolutely, the reason absolutely absolutely i mean even if you look at section 377 mm-hmm. and uh, the ndtv debates or uh, the mainstream debates uh, around it you will see ashok ro kavi talking you will see uh, a lot of uh, rich gay men you will see vikram state but you will not see a hijra voice there true I mean, if it is a, a, a law that criminalizes all of LGBT, mm-hmm. then why don't you show the diversity on uh, TV as well? Why do you have only gay men talking then? Okay. And then you say that it's not a gay law; it affects all of LGBT community. If it does, then let us have our voices on TV along with yours. Right. So the I'm moving on, and but not really. Actually, uh, it's not. I'm I'm not moving on because you know. Let's not look at that. That is definitely a, a thing that I think everybody in the community needs to think out loud openly because I think it will strengthen the community as a whole. So if you are saying that the ro- rainbow actually represents the inclusiveness, the inclusive nature of being. Uh, being one society and it's unfortunate that this kind of a discrimination happens within because obviously it also shows a, a level of transphobia which mm-hmm. is very prevalent outside in the society but it it's not like the the lgbt community which is a, which should actually be idealistically yeah. speaking should be a tightly knit uh, com- community which actually supports one another shows yeah. that there is a, a certain level a high level in fact of transphobia mm-hmm. within the community exactly so yeah. moving from that uh, i wanted to ask you uh, g you talked about trans men who are also not represented because th- there's only the hijras and you know eunuchs which mm-hmm. you are uh, these are terms that are interchanged within even in the petition so are you saying within the trans also there is like a high level of di- yeah. diversity can you explain to our listeners the kind of diversity that is within the trans uh, community yeah. as well Yeah. So basically, it's because of the historical visibility of the Hijra community that everyone thinks that uh, you know uh, trans means only Hijra, mm-hmm. and this is something that we've written in our letter to the ministry as well. Okay. Trans actually is an umbrella term that is used for a wide range of gender expression. So even amongst Hijras, you have Manglamukhis, you uh, you have Arvanis, you have M2F identified people, trans women, Hijra. 
you have uh, aqua kotis you have uh, nirvan kotis i mean there are yoga pass shiv shaktis i mean the range is just crazy i mean uh, it it can have uh, trans people can have their own rainbow that's how many uh, different colors we have uh, in our own uh, communities and in trans men there are so many terms to define us like tirunambi magareedu gandabasaka trans men gender queer intergender uh, i mean bhaiya so there are a lot of terms that we use to describe uh, the trans community if whether it is trans women or whether it is trans men and uh, some of us go for surgical procedures some of us transition medically some of us don't some of us are more fluid in our expression you know they challenge gender more there are some of us just want to stick to one gender and choose that gender and then just move on with our lives and just assimilate with the rest of mainstream society you don't want to you know question the binary or any right. any such thing so there are a lot of uh, gender expressions within the trans communities as well which is uh, completely lost on mainstream media and also within the lgbt uh, communities this diversity is lost because even trans women don't know about the existence of uh, trans men because Correct. we are so few in number and because we are seen mistakenly as girls when we are growing up our mobility is so restricted that we don't occupy public space so we are trans uh, sisters too and also we are not uh, found in groups on the road uh, if right. we travel around in bangalore we are extremely small and uh, we don't occupy public space so not a lot of people know about us also i mean most of uh, most of uh, trans men are actually passed off as uh, having a face of a tomboy which yeah. i think is something that mostly people just look at them as being tomboyish and then just brush it aside yeah. as being anything yeah. more than that okay the yeah. other thing i wanted to ask you ji and let's assume that one day this this uh, this uh, judgment is uh, out and it actually mm-hmm. says that yes we give you the other category now within the community there has been a lot of uh, i have mentioned this mm-hmm. lot of back and forth where some people don't want it some people want it now yeah. some I wanted to know one first uh, do you want the other category secondly uh, my second question would be once let's say let's hypothetically assume that you do get that other category wouldn't it uh, complicate stuff even further mm-hmm. so basically this depends on what uh, your position is and what you are seeking from the government so basically in our recommendation mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, written that the, the existence of an other category does not necessarily mean that all trans people should compulsively go and tick on that okay it should be left to the trans person to decide whether he or she wants to uh, tick on male female or other and uh, the only use that i can see of another category is if you are seeking some kind of affirmative action from the government so if you are seeking for some uh, state housing or uh, reservation or scholarship from the government for educational purposes something like that then ha- there has to be a descriptive category that differentiates you from the rest of society so that you can be identified as a trans person and so th- those benef- benefits can be accessed by you that is the only uh, way in which i find the other category useful and so uh, i personally since i'm coming from a privileged background i'm savarna i'm middle class i'm uh, english educated uh, i would not actually want any of these benefits from the state i mm. think the benefits should go directly to the more marginalized people within the communities so uh, i don't find any use for the other category personally speaking but politically speaking i can see how this could be useful to a lot of more vulnerable community members but 
but okay fine so if we were to actually look at it also from from you know healthcare perspective and i'm going yeah. to very briefly uh, touch upon this because this is going to go into deeper discussion hopefully uh, in the show in the coming uh, few weeks uh, yeah. we'll, we plan to have more such discussions and uh, mm-hmm. we do invite people and experts or you know just anybody who wants to have a say in this on this topic is welcome yeah. to talk to us but very yeah. briefly um, i wanted to just say that okay fine let's say we do have this uh, uh, option of the other category and you you talked about how it should be beneficial or it may be beneficial to the really marginalized not the yeah. the working uh, not the real working class people who, yeah. who do not have a lot of access now giving yeah. an example of hospitals because these are the discussions mm-hmm. we've been having uh, on two of our shows previously now if you right. do create that other ward do you think mm-hmm. that the other ward again will have to be uh, broken down to others uh, where you're saying okay fine trans men have separate ward and trans women have a separate ward don't don't you think that will uh, complex the whole situation furthermore or what are your views on that uh just like there are two things in this uh mm-hmm. one is uh, sexual abuse in uh, medical uh, establishments so a lot of trans women a lot of trans men who are not able to access healthcare uh which is public healthcare in government hospitals or in private institutions they go for these small clinics that are uh, run behind people's houses mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. surgeons charge exorbitant rates for whether it's for srs whether it's for a very uh, simple uh, surgical uh, this thing or whether it's for an sti std anything that uh, we need to access treatment for uh, we are charged much more than the other people so uh, the first issue is to do with sexual abuse a lot of trans women and trans men face a lot of physical harassment and sexual abuse from these uh, quacks or uh, these uh, non legal entities which provide healthcare so i think a separate ward in that sense would uh, require us to ensure that there are only women attendants who are uh, um, giving care to trans people whether they are trans men or trans women mm-hmm. and this is a demand that we've made in terms of also prison inmates if there are trans prison inmates mm-hmm. then uh, we have asked uh, for them to be handled only by women police officers or women wardens okay so uh, this is something that uh, requires a lot of attention because internationally as well we have seen recently cases like uh, the black trans woman cc uh, mcdonald who was in a male ward who was being handled by male prison officers who was denied hormone treatment while she was in uh, prison so i mean there are a lot of issues that trans people face and sometimes to uh, have a, a separate space also means having a safer space so i don't think uh, the demand should be really uh, watered down to mean separate for trans men separate for trans women mm-hmm. for strategic purposes for administrative uh, issues we can come together and be uh, housed in a single ward a medical ward okay. so it, if there is a trans ward which is separate from the others then that's fine but more importantly i think the issue is really access to cheap and uh, good medical care whether it is uh, sexually assigned surgeries or whether it's general health care um, the separate ward uh, business is something that is a long shot for now i think uh, it would mean a lot to the community to just have at least one government hospital per state doing uh, cheap and subsidized but good quality uh, sexually assigned surgery and also providing general health care to trans people okay um and i think that is fair enough because yes in the long term yes they, it it will actually help benefit the the community but do you think that will also hinder uh, uh 
you know the society's perception and such because we are actually if we are actually aiming for an inclusive society mm-hmm. having an yeah. other category will definitely segregate them as not being part of the binary so yeah. so do you think it is counterproductive in that sense i mean there are so many complicated issues in this whole thing so if we don't have a separate trans ward let's consider the possibility that there is no separate trans ward and there is a male and a female ward mm-hmm. so um, i visibly look like a man i'm on hormones i've uh, undergone surgery i visibly look like a man but there are certain surgeries that i have not done mm-hmm. so if i for example have to go to a, a male ward right and if i'm being given care i'm in a very vulnerable position then because there are so many things that are beyond your control that are going to be done to you when you are medically ill True. like changing your dressing mm. i will not be comfortable being changed in front of all the men in a male ward mm. so for me i would require a separate ward then where there are only trans people and we take care of each other hopefully uh, knowing that there is solidarity for our trans experiences and similarly for trans women if trans women are uh, even post op post surgical trans women are not allowed into women ward true they are put in male ward mm-hmm. right now so i mean there are so many complex issues if a person has not undergone uh, surgery does not want to undergo surgery but is still trans identified we know a lot of coties like that we know a lot of trans masculine people who don't want to go for surgery where mm-hmm. which ward will they be put in will they right. be put in the female ward or the male ward so i mean the diversity is so huge that these issues are very very complex and it will require lots of uh, meetings and consultations with uh, all kinds of people in these communities to arrive at something that is agreeable to everyone but even the first steps for that have not been made that is really the issue yeah and and do you, do you have any hope that you know uh, there will be more consultations because um, it is unfortunate uh, you've pointed this out that okay fine there are certain groups that are actually uh seeking or actually have submitted this petition on behalf of the community without proper consultation and that seems to be uh, a, a key a, a very big issue uh yeah. if if you know i mean if you do not consult those that require it or do not require it what is the way forward because you're saying now that the judgment there's not going to be any hearing but the judgment just be, will be passed one yeah. fine day so yeah. so do you think it's kind of uh, tragic that you know there hasn't been enough focus on this that there there can be several levels of consultation uh, whether it is state district or even mm. national level yeah yeah so one of our demands was to have four or five uh, national level consultations which mm-hmm. has not been considered by the ministry mm-hmm. but like any public interest litigation uh, pils by their very nature are not democratic in the sense that and they are also democratic at the same time so it's kind of <laughs> complex that way because okay. anyone can file a pil on the, on the basis of anything or on the behalf of anyone mm-hmm. so the national legal service authority has the power to file a social interest litigation or a public interest litigation on behalf of any marginalized section sure. as part of their duties as a state constituted body mm-hmm. but uh, what we could have done as a community was to be watchful of this process and file interventions okay. as uh, private parties we could have filed interventions but that chance also we missed except for lakshmi narayan tripathi who filed from uh, bombay mm. uh, saying that uh, trans includes a lot of uh, people who with who these consultations have not been made and it's much more complex following which the expert committee was set up okay. there have been no interventions that have been filed and uh, uh, an ally of us a supporter of us from chennai who uh, is also part of orinam i don't mm. know if you know of the blog 
राम की राम की या या सो राम की रोड टू द मिनिस्ट्री एंड पुस्ट द फैक्ट दैट ट्रांस मैन हैव नॉट बीन रिप्रेजेंटेड एंड सो वी हैड टू ट्रांस नेचुरल एंड आइडेंटिफाइड पीपल वन इज सुनील ही इज मोर जेंडर क्वियर दैन ट्रांस नेचुरल इन दैट सेंस एंड वन वॉज सन माई अनादर person from delhi both of them were called as special invitees okay now the issue is that the special invitees did not have any power to write the final report they were just there as observers and people who could give suggestions hmm. whereas there were a lot of trans women there who were actually part of the score committee okay so i felt like that was a token presence that was granted to us but given the space that was given to the community i think Sunil especially has done a fantastic job in representing the community he has raised a lot of issues there hmm. and uh, our letter and our recommendations are just complementing what he has already done there in a physical way because we could not be there physically we have sent letters and recommendations to kind of uh, support him in his representation of the community so uh, i think that the first step has been made in the sense that we have got, uh, managed to get one foot in the door Okay. but i think the door is not open yet and we'll have to work a lot to get that door to be finally open to trans people great uh, and i do hope that the that foot is enough for us to like ensure that the door does get open <laughs> wider shut and our foot won't get squashed yeah so nice let's yet. just hope that doesn't happen but <laughs> yeah. uh, within the community now again shifting the focus back to the whole lgbti uh, yeah. qa uh, the whole uh, if looking inwards like as a community member and uh, speaking to the community what is the need of the r for the community because considering for section 377 there have been protests there have been pride marches now which are saying that you know we are going to celebrate our being uh, who we are so uh, yeah. in that spirit uh, what is the one thing that you uh, demand or expect or uh, feel that you know everybody should come together for this nalsa petition and how can this go ahead and become another section 377 like um, you know yeah. movement because apparently this is also equally important i mean in, I mean, in case the supreme court both are the supreme court uh, dealing with issues regarding the lgbt communities right so right. In, in the sense of importance they are both equally important absolutely no so but in, but think, in terms of you know creating that kind of an an appeal for let's say the uh, the media to actually uh, start wooing this as an uh, news worthy of not just one column somewhere in the inside pages but really making headlines how do you think that can be mobilized that can be mobilized only by uh, the more economically powerful the more socially powerful lgb sections of the lgbt because unfortunately trans people are so uh, disenfranchised by this entire system that we are unable to really uh, represent in uh, these uh, english speaking uh, uh, forums uh, which are completely uh, over represented by the rich gay men so i think uh, if we were to really look at uh, a sort of movement around trans rights i think we would need the solidarity of uh lesbians gays and bisexuals mm-hmm. and i think more than us going to them i think they should come and say you know they should come and at least ask us what the nalsa petition is about read the nalsa petition there are so many really efficient really uh, you know powerful lawyers in the community i wish they would at least read the nalsa petition and do a translation in different languages 
or have a meeting where we would volunteer to translate it for people for who English is not accessible and at least have the trans people know what is being said about them mm-hmm. as a first step i think uh, that's really important and it's not too late to do that because uh, obviously legal battles are a long haul and we've seen that with section 377 it goes on for years true so it doesn't mean that after the judgment is given on the nalsa petition the trans struggle is dead and gone mm-hmm. the trans struggle has been there for centuries and it will continue to happen legal battles will ha- run their own course and you can uh, choose to engage with it or to choose to disengage but i think the first steps have to be made by lesbian uh, gay and bisexual uh, friends mm-hmm. and i think they have to come out in our support and uh, at least uh, sit together with us and think things through and find out what we require and what kind of support they can provide us okay and um, i think this was going to be my one last question for the show and hopefully yeah. we'll we'll have you back in um, yeah. um other shows the other thing that i definitely do want to ask you is uh let's say uh, this this uh, does not come through the the yeah. request of the other category for identification mm-hmm. purposes you did mention mm-hmm. yourself that you know you're not one of those who re- really requires this uh, sort of uh, uh, category because you you are well off pretty well off yeah. and you do not really seek seek it because you're not that marginalized but mm-hmm. overall in in the umbrella when you look at it as a trans mm-hmm. man yourself um yeah so do you, do you think that it is important uh, that you know right now there is a need uh, wait i think i forgot my question but let me just uh, think it out the last question would really be that okay fine in case this doesn't come through the other category mm-hmm. uh yeah. what value or what importance is the section 377 judgment for a trans individual whether a trans woman or a trans man do you think uh section 377 really affects their lives uh fun okay. yeah. uh, maybe talk about trans men and women mm-hmm. and then just specifically for trans men yeah yeah so basically my understanding of section 377 after reading the supreme court judgment and also reading the different debates that have been going on is that section 377 basically criminalizes any kind of oral anal uh, sex which is not penal vaginal you know mm-hmm. so uh, heterosexuals who are engaged in oral or uh, anal sex uh, gay people who are engaged in that trans people who are engaged in that all of these uh, categories of people can be criminalized under this but obviously because of the marginalized positions that sexual and gender minorities have the fear is that it will be used to marginalize us further So uh, to answer your question about whether section 377 is relevant to my life mm-hmm. I would say that it is not okay. because uh, I am not even a citizen of this country at the moment you know I don't have any legal papers which show uh, that I am an Indian citizen I mean I am sitting in Kerala and I'm not even able to book a train ticket because my legal papers are a mess my mm. legal papers show me as female i look male i'm male identified mm. and my name is different and there is and i've got a form now uh, to publish a name change in the gazette but there is no form to publish a gender change in the gazette so i mean and if uh, my application for a name change gets rejected because the reason i'm going to give is a gender change then i have to go to the uh, high court in kerala and fight out my case mm-hmm. so my issues are uh, completely different i mean what sense does it make to have uh, the right to private consensual sex when you are not a citizen of this country to begin with okay when you have don't have basic citizenship rights 
what sense does it make to have private consensual like okay all right so basically th- this this is quite far away from the reality that trans people are living definitely because yeah. you've talked about a simple thing as just booking your train tickets becomes so overwhelming because there's just different paperwork and nothing yeah. matches what you want uh, it to show yeah. for yourself so you're talking about how it does not also make you a citizen and and in fact that's a sad thing because because the the trans population is a huge number if mm-hmm. if if i think we are not a minuscule minority the supreme court cannot say that about us yeah that's true and in fact they they've only just said it about the lgbt uh, community as a whole but i think individually also the trans community is a larger community um, and sheer numbers because yeah. th- there are, there there are lots of people and it's it's a long tradition even if mm-hmm. we look at just the the, the hijra tradition yeah yeah Okay. Every small town I have been to, whether it is in the north, whether it is in the south, every small village I have been to uh, for other uh, social uh, activist reasons, every struggle I have been part of, I have found trans people. True. So, so, so I mean, we are definitely not a minority in terms of numerical strength. Yeah, that is that is true, and I do hope that this conversation is uh, uh, going to everybody who is, irrespective of their sexual orientation or identification, does yeah. begin to see that you know the trans issues are much more complexer and 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 very basic. They're much yeah. more basic than the Section three seventy seven probably violates. And and I'm not saying that you know one um, against the other, but I think both yeah. are equally important and therefore exactly. need to be discussed that much in the community. if yeah. we need to make that kind of an impact and uh, garner that kind of support thank you so much ji for uh, you, being with you. us uh, yeah. thank you nice talking to you and we will connect soon bye bye yeah hopefully uh, you will talk to satya and he will be able to provide some more uh, deeper perspectives on this nalsa petition yes yes so we we have that plan yes we will yeah, be talking great. to satya as well thank great, you so great. much good luck yeah okay, thank you bye bye Yes, that was G, and uh, I hope this conversation um, has been um, insightful for all of you because I think there has to be more discussion on the Nalsa petition and the need for the third category for trans people because it is like uh, G mentioned that the community is not a minuscule community as much as the Supreme Court says, but I think to further break it down, the transgender community itself is such a big community and a diverse community as you must have heard G talk about the different kinds within the the trans community, men and women identifying themselves so differently. So we will continue talking about the Nalsa petition and uh, the need for a other category for identification purposes and. Uh, that also brings me to the end of my show i hope this has been uh, some kind of a, some kind of an educational show as well uh, i hope you did if you didn't know about the nalsa petition and what it is about i hope this show was able to help at least answer some basics and we will continue uh, for the couple of weeks to talk more in detail about this because as a whole the lgbt community is a huge community right now i'm coming to the end of my show i hope you enjoyed it uh wishing you guys a lovely evening and i'll see you on um